Yes. Today. We love him so much. Pastor Gavin. Pastor Gavin, clap for yourself. Clap for yourself. You gotta clap for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I got a little scared. All right, time. we're excited. So in this uh, no roof show, our big thing is taking off, really breaking down things that we think we know, so mm. we can make it real in our lives. I think you do such a good job of your teaching, and you've been on this series um, called "The Mind Is Not the Brain." Mm. So I just wanted to ask, just start with with this question: If I'm a Christian, and a lot of us went through just a pandemic, and a lot of us awoken to where I didn't see a lot of God, I didn't see a lot of substance. I saw a lot of us woke up to where God is not real. Mm. A lot of us had questions. A lot of people left churches. We saw churches close down. We saw people get offended and leave. We saw so many things. A lot of us lost loved ones. And there was a lot of this questioning of, is God real? Mm. Where is the the substance? And so I kind of wanted to start there. Like, I think you, you hit something that I know is, is kind of, we're starting to catch it. And you call it the mind is not brain. So I'm just going to start with, why are we not seeing substance? Mm. Um, are we missing something? Um, I think it all depends on what you regard as being substance mm. because God created us the way that we are with intention. Right. And so he gives us both. And it's important that we understand that and that we use both of those. Um, but we get into trouble when we confuse the two. Yes. That's where we end up in trouble. The brain is important for us because it gives us um, access to the natural realm. And in the space, the thing about the natural realm is we've got to be able to operate effectively in this realm. Mm. But because we're so comfortable in this realm, it becomes a good gateway for God to begin to give us an understanding as to who he is. Right. But although he gives us an understanding as to who he is, God is not, he doesn't exist in the natural realm. He exists in the spirit realm. God is spirit. And so he's given us the opportunity to be able to work both in the natural realm and the spirit realm. And so when you talk about substance, the thing is, everything that we gain from the natural perspective, anything that we gain about God from the natural affects our brain. We have an understanding as to who God is. Okay. We have a concept as to what he's all about. So we have an intellectual substance, but we don't have life. So that's not spirit. That's mm -hmm. not so spirit. Brain, not so spirit. the invitation is always to move from brain to mind, which okay. is spirit. Mm. Spirit is the very heart and it is the, the essential part of, of my spirit being. It's that part which gives me definition as to who I am. Mm. And it gives me the opportunity to be able to relate to God spirit to spirit. It's in that capacity that I'm able to really engage God and who he is. Wow. And he's able to take the parts of who he is and birth them inside of us. Gotcha. And then I have meaningful substance because it's not just about something that I know. It becomes something that I become. Gotcha. That's good. C could you take Questions the roof off birth? Oh, sorry. I was going to say, because you talked about <clears throat> we relate to God spirit to spirit. I think that what's frustrating, I'm so happy you're sitting with us today yeah. is because... Yeah. We have talks about your, I mean, I've watched your teachings hours on end sometimes, and I still get frustrated because I'll sit down and try to re relate to God, but I'll have trouble at times. Like, I'll sit there and like, want to pray for something, but I so deeply and so, like, I want the right thing. Right. I want to make the right decision. And it's like, I want, my heart feels pure and my intentions are relating to God, but I still have trouble relating to Him at times. Does that make sense of like, sure. how, it, does that mean that if I'm having trouble with relating with God, that I'm actually still using my brain and not my mind? No, not necessarily. I think the thing about it is, is we are very comfortable in the natural realm, but we're not as comfortable in the right. spirit arena. Mm. And so the thing that's important about that is 
recognizing and give ourselves, giving ourselves a license to begin to discover what the spirit realm is all about right. and move into that realm and begin to experiment and play a little bit with that stuff mm-hmm. because it is very different to the natural realm and the principles by which it operates is also quite different. In the natural realm, we operate by information, by knowledge. We, we want to we become intellectual people right. because our value rests on our knowledge base. When we become spiritual people, it's not about what you know, it's about who you become. The pursuit of the, of the Christian is actually life, not information. Hmm. And so sometimes we miss that because if we start pursuing information, we start engaging form and I we become see. religious people. So if we engage saying? the heart and right. we pursue life, what we're looking for is we're looking for the reality and the truth of who Christ is mm. to be born on the inside of me. Right. It's something that I can never create. Like Rafa and I were talking about the example of peace. You can understand peace, you can define right. peace, you can recognize I peace, can you can give a definition of, of peace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can give you everything you want to know about peace, but I can't create peace in my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so unless the Holy Spirit takes peace and births the life of peace on the inside of me, I never experience peace. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm, it's so good. Listening to your teachings and even what you're saying, I, I think I, I'm realizing more and more where I think, and maybe a lot of people are doing this, where I think I'm, I'm having a relationship with God in my brain. And I think I'm doing it, but it's being very logical, very knowledge based. Or in the reality is I'm not. Right. Is that safe to say? Yes. So I think for viewers, how do we break down? You said the mind is not the brain. Can you break down the difference between the brain and what is this thing we actually call the mind? Is it my heart? Is it a feeling? Is it an actual organ? And I mean, even the, even like I, go back to you. You started this scripture actually, or this this um series in Genesis. Yeah. Like what happened? God formed us out of the dust of the ground. Mm. Can you break us down there? What was? What, I think the there? easiest way, and that's the best starting point, yeah. is because that really speaks about how God brought man into existence. The thing is, man was built for relationship with God. Right. But at the same time, he wanted us to know what it was to feel a sense of who he was. We were created in his image. So he created a domain for us, which is the natural part of who we are. In order for us to function in that domain, he gave us a body which was created of dust, and part of that body has a brain. The brain is an organ. Brain and body is composed of dust. It's composed of the matter of the earth. You say that like very like nonchalantly, but that's huge. Because if we confuse that as we think our brain is part of the mind, we've already got it wrong. Right. So you're saying that dust part, the the very beginning before he breathed, consisted of the brain and just our flesh. Mm -hmm. There was no life in the brain or the body. It was lifeless. Mm. Okay. And it says that God breathed the breath of life into man. He took spirit and breathed of himself, Mm. spirit into man. And when he breathed into man, man became a living soul. Living soul is spirit in the context of body. That whole thing, it would be the equivalent of saying spirit is here, spirit and mind plus body and brain. And when we bring the two together, that cohesive new creation is called a living um, soul. Mm. That's what it is. The minute that spirit leaves body once again and the body falls over and dies, it goes back to spirit. Okay. The spiritual, uh, the, the spirit aspect is important, and I was raised with the idea that we were a three-part being. Right. We were raised spirit, soul, mm-hmm. and body. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
But there's some challenges with that because I still believe in the fact that we have those components, but I think they slightly, they're organized slightly differently. If you have a look at creation, we were only created of two materials, spirit and dust. Those are the two. There is no third component mm -hmm. to who we were. So there's nothing for soul. So soul either has to be part of flesh and dust, or it has to be part of spirit. Right. Yeah. The challenge with it is this. If it's part of flesh, it means it's part of my brain, okay. which means if that gives definition to who I am and my, my, my identity as a person, the problem is when I die because it's part of my brain, it dies with me. Gotcha. So it means my spirit goes off, but there's no identity to spirit. Mm -hmm. So it can't be that. So it has to be linked to spirit which starts to make a lot more sense because if we understand the different attributes of what we associate with being um, the, the um, uh, mind, uh, they're very much attributes that God has got. We talk about things like the ability to think, the make decisions, express opinions, to create. All of those things go with God. God does not have an organ called a brain or an organ called a mind. He has a capacity mm -hmm. called a mind. Mm -hmm. That creates, although he is a spirit being, what begins to define who he is, is that he has the prerogative of choice. He can choose, I want to be this. I choose to be a person who likes that, I don't like that. Mm. I want to create this, I don't want to do that. What creates and gives him his individuality and makes him the persona that he is, is the mind. It's the capacity within spirit. Mm. It's the same for us. The capacity within spirit allows us to give definition to who we are. God's given us a free will. So we have the ability to be able to choose what it is that we want to be. Mm. As a born-again believer, before I'm a born-again believer, I'm basically, I don't have access to the life of God right. because we don't have a spirit on the inside of us. So in that capacity, I'm still spirit, but all I have is a mind, and the only way that I can define myself is through my brain. Gotcha. That's why we become natural people. Mm. What ends up happening is we become conformed to our world because we never had an alternative. Yeah. I never can discover myself by myself. Who I am comes from something outside of mm -hmm. me. And so many people discover who they are as a result of their engagement with other people and life and significant right. others and when they grew up. So it starts to define who they were. But that sense of definition comes about in the absence of God. Right. So I'm at school and people laugh at me because I got the answer wrong on the, you know, on the board. Mm -hmm. And so I feel really silly and I feel quite stupid. And so what ends up happening is if I'm not careful about that, that begins to bleed in and form my identity. Mm. And I start to see myself as a result of a situation as not being a particularly smart person. Yeah. Wow. The thing about it is what happens when I get born again is the Spirit of God comes and I become a brand new creation in Christ. As a spirit being, that takes on the nature of God. And because the Holy Spirit moves into that space, what ends up happening is he gives me a new heart of flesh. What it means is I can now interact with the Spirit who's on the inside of me, excuse me, <laughs> who can interact with me. Yeah, yeah. So our, our dialogue or our communication is spirit to spirit. The whole point of renewing the mind is to sit and say, the capacity of who you've used to define who you are, I want to influence that. Mm. 
But because God's given us a free will, we have to partner with him. Mm. God doesn't just come in and arbitrarily change who you are. It's always an invitation to sit and say, do you want to Mm -hmm. experience this? Do you want to be defined by this? And we have to partner with him. It's the same as being born again. Being born again is available to everyone. But not everybody's born again. Because you can't just override people's will and say, you're all going to heaven. Mm -hmm. We have a choice in that. Mm. So the wonderful thing about the Holy Spirit coming in is that now I have the nature of God on the inside of me. And the nature of God brings with it the capacity of something called grace. It's the fullness of everything that Christ has provided for us. Mm-hmm. And the, the part of the role of the Holy Spirit is to take the things of Christ and reveal them to us. Mm-hmm. What he's doing is he's sitting saying, I want to renew your mind. Mm-hmm. Another word for mind is your identity. What he's saying is, I want you to become a new creation in Christ. I'm speaking to your destiny. Mm. You're supposed to become like Christ. Mm. And I'm here to help you in that process. Mm. So when you say say mind, let's let's go back even even to the fall. Because so before we get born again, what you're saying in a way is like our brain becomes our God. Is that a way to say it? Or becomes the dominant? Becomes dominant, yes. Becomes dominant. Right. Where I become born again, it's now my heart, my spirit, right. my mind. Right. These are called, these are one quality. It can be, right? right? It doesn't yeah. automatically. Doesn't no. automatically? No. So I, yeah. I accepted Christ in my heart, but for, you know, whatever, 13 years, I had been living in a place where my brain has been informing who I am. So I accept Christ <laughs> into my heart. It doesn't automatically switch to he's like in charge. It ha- that's where the yeah. renewing of the mind comes into play, right. where it's like, okay, now my, my heart, my mind, my soul, what's happening from the spirit now is informing who I am, not my circumstances. Mm. Yeah, right? that's right. Okay, you. If you, the, the best way, the, the reason I often go back to Genesis is because Genesis is such a good example of what God's original design was. And so God has an order of priority. And so when he breathed into Adam the breath of life, he breathed into Adam. What, he, what went into Adam as well was the God's spirit. Mm. And so Adam lived from God's spirit. And he walked with continual revelation as to who God was. God was in, investing of himself in Adam, giving definition to who he was. That's God's order. God takes preeminence. He informs our identity, mm. our mind, and our mind takes predominance over and becomes dominant over our brain and informs that. Mm. That's, the, that's the order. Okay. What happens is when God is absent, the mind only has the brain yeah. as a resource to get yeah. definition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden the brain becomes dominant. Yeah. Mm. But that's I'm conforming to the world because yeah. all I have now is the natural yeah. to start to define me. Wow. So when God comes back into that space, he says, let's go back to the original order. Mm. Wow. So renewing the mind, you're sitting saying, all of that baggage that you've accumulated, all that definition that you've um, amassed as a result of your relationship with the world and having the order out of whack, we now have the, abil- the ability and the capacity to change that stuff. Mm. The thing is, we don't change it from our knowledge. We change it by life. One of the most important things is this. I'll, I'll, I think I'm going to speak about it on one day. But, <laughs> but life is important. Recogn- recognize that when God created Adam, body and brain, it was created of dust. There was no life there. Mm-hmm. Right. He breathed into him 
the breath of life. Life is associated with spirit. Okay. Life is not associated with natural. Mm. Wow. That's why our brain is never going to be a place that becomes a source of life mm -hmm. because wow. it's natural. Right. So yeah. the only place that you get life is spirit. Life is an attribute and, and a characteristic of spirit. If you want life born in you, you yeah. have to go to spirit. Mm. That's why Jesus yeah. says, you search the scriptures for in them you think you find eternal life. What right. he's saying is you're using your brain right. to understand what the scriptures are about. You're yeah. using your brain to understand who I am. Mm. You're using your brain to get definition as you're to what my on. plan and my purpose is. Yeah, you. You're going through all of this stuff. But he says, but you don't come to me wow. that you can get life. What he's yeah. saying is your brain it's fine. It's going to give you a logical interpretation of things. Right. But the intention is that you drop down to your heart and your identity and you engage once again with the spirit because only the spirit can birth that truth inside of you. Mm -hmm. Okay. I have a question. This is just for me. Um, because like you say in the renewing of the mind. So saying if I'm, if I'm a believer, because I, I wish I knew this sooner because a lot of books, a lot of things out there, they interchange that word mind and brain. Yes. Like how dangerous is that? Because I know for me, I'll be honest, like hearing you speak, I've had to unlearn some things, which have mm. been very hard for me mm. because I thought I was renewing my mind meant I'm renewing my brain, which meant I was staying in this place called logic. Mm. And I'll be honest with you. I think this is where I, I found in my heart where I had to be real. Where like I'm wrong because I'm not seeing substance. I'm mm. not seeing the peace. I can mm. tell you about peace. I can, yeah. I can quote peace. Quote the scriptures. I know it all in the yeah. Bible. Yeah. I thought I've meditated on peace. Or healing or any of that stuff. Yeah, but yeah. yet there's mm. no peace in my heart because right. I've kept it in my brain. Right. But that's, I'm just going to say it, that, that's kind of dangerous. I don't think the intention was ever to be dangerous. Right, right, right. I think the, the thing about it is, is that Part of the reason that I started to explore this was because I wanted to get definition as to what that was because I had the same struggle. Yeah. And the challenge with it is, is if we don't understand the components and what they're about, we, we always run the risk of abusing stuff. Mm -hmm. So if I'm living in the kitchen and I don't know the difference between the oven and the refrigerator, <laughs> you're in trouble. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because if I confuse the two and somebody says, put it in the fridge and I put it in the oven, I'm not going to end up with the same result. <laughs> yeah. good. And so that's the challenge. Mm -hmm. When we start to understand that the brain is matter that's designed for us to gain information so that we can live effectively and successfully in the natural realm, but the mind is a spiritual ability. Um, it gives us a capacity to gain definition to who I am. Mm. It gives me the ability to be able to interact and relate with God. It becomes a, a passageway through which communication happens between him and I. And it becomes a channel through which life is birthed yeah. on the inside of me. I begin to recognize one is spirit, one is natural. Gotcha. One is life-based. The other is information-based. Mm. One is relation-oriented. The other one is, is knowledge and information-focused. Right. Right. Mm. And so it makes a big difference because if you confuse the two and it speaks about renewing the mind, it's exactly what you said. Yeah, then we start about. thinking, I have to change my thoughts. Yeah. God's saying, I'm not interested in your thoughts. That's your brain. Yeah. I'm interested in your identity and who you are. I want you wow. to become a new creation in Christ. Mm. And then we suddenly start to realize, okay, now I see why my heart is inextricably linked to my destiny. Because I, my destiny is to be conformed to the image of Christ. I'm not conformed to the image of Christ because of how I think. Mm. I'm conformed to the image of Christ because the Holy Spirit is birthing the life and the characteristics of mm. Christ in who I am. 
but that's spiritual. Wow. Gotcha. It's good. Oh, do you have questions? Yeah, yeah. Just, just. I actually have a couple bit. This is really good. Um, the, the, you said the. You keep saying the word heart. Can you just take the roof off heart again? Because you're saying that's where God communicates. It's not an organ, right? Like, no. uh, we we go like this, and we're like, God speaking to me here. Yeah. But it's not an organ. What is it? I think it 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 is a. To me, it's a synonym for the mind. Okay. But it's the mind inside of body, and so okay. what he's really talking about is he's talking about. Like we would say the heart of the matter. Right. Mm. We're talking about the very essence, the center of your being. Mm. And so when God speaks about heart, he's talking about the mind. But I think what he's sitting saying is in the context of your brain and your body and your spirit and your everything, the most important thing, the very essence of who you are, the focal point, the heart of the matter Right. Is your heart. That's good. So in scripture, if it says guard your heart, right. it's saying guard your identity, guard yes. who you are. God, yes. Guard the thing that God put inside of yes. you. Wow, that's incredible. I, hold on. I, I want to ask that question, even because I just want to stay on heart for a second. Because explain that scripture then, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Because mm-hmm. your second teaching was, who am I? Mm-hmm. So who, who, like, who am I? So I, break down that scripture, and, and as, as Juju said, what, how does the heart play? So as a man thinketh in my heart, so am I. Because I, I used to read that like how I think in my brain. So mm, like, yeah, right, crazy. how I think. And I used to go that Thoughts. route. Mm, so, yeah. so break that down to how am I missing that? The things that define my identity become the source okay. um, and the matter from which I gain perspective. Okay. So for example, it, it colors my... Um, uh, my my view on circumstances and situations, my perspective. Mm. So if I see myself as being a victim in life, mm. what ends up in uh, happening to me is it creates a filter in my life. Mm. And every time I see circumstances and situations, my context is victim. Gotcha. That's my context. Got it. That's how I think because that's who I am. So I'll put myself in situations and it's like, well, I probably am going to end up on the raw end of this deal yeah. because things are always against me. Got it. Wow. As I think, in what, what's established in my heart and what defines my identity is going to determine my perspective, my persuasion, my engagement, yeah. and my understanding of life. And so what happens is as our mind is renewed and as we are conformed to who Christ is, those things begin to change. And so when he starts to build into me, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's a very different disposition. Yeah. And so suddenly the way that I think about things is when I encounter a challenge, I don't fall over and go, gee, it's too bad. I'm a victim. I sit and say, wow, that's amazing. I wonder what God and I can do in this situation. So good. Every time I move into those spaces, it's always an invitation for me to get back to that space where he and I come into connection, into communion. What do you want to do here? I think one of the biggest dangers in Christianity, apart from the fact of confusing things like the mind and the brain, is we have a tendency to be impulsive and we give ourselves license to act how we want to because we find a a scripture to justify our independence. Mm. Wow. Because I want to do something that lines up with scripture, I think I'm okay and safe. (laughs) But that's really acting from the brain. Right. Right. Because if I if I truly if I truly lived from mind and spirit and my spirit was in relationship with the Holy Spirit, my first point of disposition should be, let me get together with him. Right. Mm. 
Speak to me, Holy Spirit. What's what's going on here? Give me clarity. Give me understanding. Put me at a place right Mm. now. What do you want to do in this space? Mm. And because he is the author, when I understand what he wants to do and I act on his instruction, he becomes the finisher as well. Wow. In that space, I can rely on him to complete the work because it's like I'm acting on his instruction. Wow. But so the scripture, there's nothing wrong with the scripture. No. So like if I go to the scripture, but I go by myself with my logic, then I'm in danger. Right. Problem with reading it with my logic and my natural is it it excludes the spirit. Right. So it's me and my understanding deciding what should happen. Right. When I drop down to my heart, mm-hmm. it offers me the opportunity to get into relationship with him, into communion with him. And I sit and say, okay, now what are we going to do here? Wh- why is it that be- so important? Like, why is, it a, why is the we, why is me and God so important? Because otherwise you're acting independently. And so it's to the exclusion of his power and influence. Oh, wow. Okay. There's so, no life outside of that. Right. So, but it's no, the, the thing is, it's no longer, it's, it's not my will, but thine be done. Mm-hmm that becomes really important. Mm. I need to know what his will is in situations. And sometimes that's where we end up as um, Christians who are just presumptive. We presume certain things and we run off and do stuff and then we're looking for God to bless it and we don't understand why it's not blessed. Why it's not happening, got it. Mm. And it's like, well, did he ask you to do that? Well, I don't know, but the scripture says if you do this, just go and do it and go... And it's so, we we take things... So there's no relationship there, it's just all knowledge. Everything... the center that we are to live from is that place where we are in relationship with him. Mm -hmm. That is heart. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, that's a place that that Jesus lived from. He said, it's it's not I that does the work. It's the Father Mm. on the inside of me. Wow. We spoke the other day about the importance when Jesus went to the the, the pool of Bethesda. And all of these people are lying out there waiting to get into the pool so that they can get healed. Mm -hmm. Jesus never had a healing service. He walked through all the people who weren't well. He walked through everybody who was sick. And he went to one person and told him to rise up, walk, and off you go. Mm. But the thing is, we as Christians, because we we read the scripture, lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. We we get there and we just sit and say, fine, everybody, we're going to have a healing service. And the Holy Spirit's like, hold on a second. Hold on. Did, Did I tell you to do that? Right. But, it, but if the Spirit had told Jesus, let's have a healing service, he would have done it. Yeah. Got it. But, but specifically at that moment, for whatever reason, wow. the Spirit said, go specifically to this one man. Right. And then he was healed. Yeah. Wow. So the importance of not doing independent is that it actually works when we do it with God. It's God's initiative. Wow. It's God's power. It's God's direction. Wow. And so if God says have a healing service, you have a healing service and you Got can it. have the greatest healing service ever. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> but if God doesn't say that, if he says, I want you to go and... Yes. It's the principle. Yes. The principle is if you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Yes. But the thing is, I have to take my direction from him. Your direction from him. That's good. Oh, we're back in it. Uh, logos and rhema. These are words that a lot of people hear in church. I, I know for me, I was taught logos is the physical thing. I'm reading the word of God. And then rhema is... God speaks to me or breathes it into me. How does that work with the mind and the brain? Because I'm thinking, like I, I think I said it before, I, I'm reading the Bible, and I think a lot of people do this. We're in the Bible, and we're getting revelation in the brain, and we're like, oh, this is rhema. <laughs> no, you're not, you're not getting revelation okay. in the brain. You're getting understanding in the brain. What's okay. the difference? Take the roof off. Understanding revelation. Lo- uh, another word for logos is logic. Okay. okay. It, it, it's our understanding of the things of God. Okay, which is of the brain. And it's not a bad thing. I was going to say, yeah. Okay. Jesus was the word made flesh. He was the Logos. 
The thing is, he was here because he was revealing God to us. Mm. He was giving us the opportunity to begin to gain an understanding of who the Father was and what he was about and what was important to mm. him. And all of those things are consequential, but it affected us by influencing our information, our understanding, and our knowledge of who God was. Okay. That's Logos. It's the logic. It affects the brain. Mm. Mm. Rhema is the spoken word. Basically, it is something which comes, it is a life-giving um, impartation, which is spiritual in nature. Okay. So, rhema is spirit. And the reason that rhema is different is because rhema, as a result of being spiritual in nature, once it is put on the inside of who we are, it is the seed of life that's imparted to us. That's why if you have a look at faith, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing the rhema mm. gotcha. of God. What it's saying is Logos will give you an understanding as to who God is, but rhema will plant that life on the inside of you. Mm. Rhema will plant as a result of our relationship with the Holy Spirit. There is an impartation of substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's not nothing that's sitting there. Right. And as a result of that, now that becomes something that's spiritual. It's not something that's natural. Wow. And so he puts that on the inside of us. And as a result of that, we have something imparted into us that is of him. Gotcha. And that's where, in a very practical sense, mm -hmm. how our mind starts to get made new. That's why we start to walk into the reality of it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. There is very much a reality to that. It, it, it is the practical application of how I walk into my destiny. I'm be being conformed to the image of Christ. I can't look like Christ. Yeah. Well, I can look like Christ. I can try to. But the problem with it is I'm just a bad replica of who he is. What I can do is, unless I allow the Holy Spirit to begin to birth the Spirit of Christ on the inside of me and make my mind, my identity new, the problem with it is I have no power. And so that's, that's what's happening is that invariably we're trying to teach people how to understand God and how to apply God yeah. to their life. Yeah. So we start entering into form. Mm -hmm but we deny the power thereof. Wow. Form is all about living from the brain and trying to behave like a good Christian, act mm -hmm. like a good Christian, speak like a good Christian. The thing is I'm doing everything in my own strength. This is all about dust having influence, but there's no spirit. Wow. And so the thing is when I get wow. outside of dust and I get into heart, I'm engaging spirit. And when I'm engaging spirit, I'm creating opportunity for the Holy Spirit to take the things of Christ, which are spiritual in nature, and impart them to me. When wow. Christ says all authority has been given unto me, all authority and power goes with Christ. Yeah. It doesn't go with me. Mm -hmm. It doesn't go with dust. It goes with him. That's why I need Christ. So the impartation is not into my brain, which is natural. Mm. It's into my mind and my identity. And so I'm getting conformed all the time into who Christ is. So good. So back to your whiteboard example, because I really like that. I, I saw that picture. And I'm, I'm sure everybody can relate that's been What's in school. What's my whiteboard example? The, well, you said that you're sitting there and then, you know, the teacher writes an equation on the board and you oh, can't solve it. Yes. And you're like, I'm an idiot yeah. and I'm stupid. And then you go from first grade, second grade, all the way to university thinking you're an idiot because of that one problem. Mm. How would Jesus change that? How, how, how would this, the mind, the brain, God imparting some to mm -hmm. me, how would he change? What, what would happen if God shows up on that scene mm. with that whiteboard? What would that look like? Mm. Does that make sense? 
That's where the cross comes into it. The cross? Like, yes. The cross that Jesus... No was... longer I who live, okay. but Christ who lives in me. What Ooh. it means is that is this. It's not that I die. Mm-hmm. I'm not dying. The definition of, of myself and how I've defined that space is to die so he can. So, for example, mm. with your... Ex- yes. Uh, the, using the that example yes. that you used. I'm in a space and I feel like a fool and I couldn't get it mm-hmm. right and I'm left there with an idea. Mm-hmm. I'm not as smart as other people. Mm-hmm. And when I allow that idea, when I allow that idea to define my heart, mm. I am forming a part of who I am. Wow. I'm defining that space mm-hmm. as being, you're not a very smart mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. It's my definition. Yeah. Right. But the Holy Spirit comes into there and he says, it's no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you. Mm. So if you want Christ to come into that space, that has to die. Yeah. And when that mm. dies, it allows him to birth on the inside of you. I have the mind of Christ. Got I it. can't birth it. He has to. He has to. Got it. And so it's every, this is where we start to move into the arena of being spiritual mm-hmm. and getting comfortable in that space. And it's different to the natural realm. But it's like being born again. Born again, if, if you confess with the mouth and believe in the heart you will be saved. Right. What am I doing? I'm starting to engage spiritual principles. And so one of the most important things that we can do is start to develop relationship with the Holy Spirit, right. develop intimacy with him. One of the things that Jesus did with regularity, it says, and Jesus separated himself mm-hmm. to go off and pray. Right. It wasn't because he was just sitting there telling the father what he wanted. Prayer is a context where I move into a space and I allow the Holy Spirit to come in and start to give definition to it. Mm. And so in that space, I'm getting to know who he is and what he's thinking and what he's all about. Mm. I'm allowing him to start to give definition to stuff. And so like with that example, we find that his definition of who I am is very different to my definition of who I am. Wow. And then he says, okay, so who's going to live? What do you want to do? Oh, that's where the choice yeah, comes in. Yeah, that's yeah. where the choice Woo! comes in. Wait, hold on, I want to break that that's down. That's so good. Now, let's say I do that. Let's say I get alone. How do I know if I'm in the spirit, as you say, mm-hmm. or if I'm in the brain? To drop down from your to brain to down. your yeah, Let's say I'm in my heart. room. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to meditate with God. Mm. And like, I might be in my brain. How do you know if you're in the brain versus in the mind? I think it's something that comes from experience. Okay, so practice. Practice. Okay practice. The other thing is you begin to understand because what happens is you begin to recognize, I don't like using the word God speaking to you because otherwise people start looking for literal speech. Like the the audio. But like when God speaks to me, God speaks to me with ideas. And Mm -hmm. so in my interaction with God, I'll suddenly have ideas that spontaneously come up and I'm like, oh, I never thought of that. But I know that that's an initiative on his behalf. And so I'm picking up what he's saying, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have to necessarily use words to communicate. What he can do is transfer ideas. Mm. But the Bible speaks about the way that we interact with him is spirit to spirit, gotcha. heart to the spirit that's on the inside. So you know the difference. You can discern then just a thought idea in the brain than yes. actual, okay, this is God. And very often you'll find that in life, like for me, 
you'll be thinking about something. You might be planning your day. I need to get up and I need to do this and I need to do the next thing. And so I've got the sequence going mm. in my mind. And all of a sudden, out of absolutely nowhere, I'll have a random thought that comes in. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, where did that come from? Mm. Usually it's something that comes from the spirit. I wasn't thinking that way at all. It just randomly came up. Mm. And it's interesting for me, like when I speak on Sundays, because I usually start to think about things through the week. And sometimes I'll be sitting there brushing my teeth and out of nowhere, I'll just have an idea about something that I'd been meditating on. And I think I'd never seen that before. Mm -hmm. Wow. It came from him. That perspective, that's so good. Because you take it and you start to see it in the context of scripture Mm -hmm. and it starts to bring illumination and understanding. It starts to bring a a revelation Mm. that transcends where you were. The reason that something like revelation becomes important and the reason that it's of that it's spiritual and not natural, the reason it's of the mind Mm -hmm. and not the brain, Mm -hmm. is because the brain gains understanding. But revelation is the revealing of. It's basically taking the life that's inside of that word and birthing it on the inside of you. Yeah, well, can you take the roof off birth? Because you're saying birth a lot, like, obviously, like, if Mm. my wife were to get pregnant, she's going to birth the baby out. Like, what does it mean when God birth something inside of me. It means exactly that. The same thing? It means the same thing. That's why if you have a look at it throughout the Bible, um, it, particularly the New Testament, when it talks about intimacy with the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's talking about being so close that in that capacity, what ends up happening, the influence is so intimate. It's basically he's seeding a part to your life. Wow. Ooh. And so that does. You conceive something on the inside mm. of you and that Ooh. begins to grow. In the natural, we would see it very much between a husband and a wife. Right. And that's how we conceive and you end up with a child. But in a spiritual dimension, that's why relationship with God becomes so important. Because when we start to move into that arena where we have intimacy, closeness, we're able to commune with him at a level that we haven't been able to do before. Mm. We set ourselves up to conceive. Mm. Wow, that makes sense. So Mm. to that whiteboard idea where, where you said, okay... You can either believe this, that you came up with your brain, or you can mm. believe this, that mm. you, whatever, you're really smart. I made you this way. Right. But, but the conceiving hasn't happened, even though the seed is there. I have to choose to mm. partner with that and choose to mm. say yes to that idea yes. that God's given me. Yeah. That's why sozo is so important. I, if for no other reason, I would encourage people to do a sozo, okay. just because it becomes a practical experience mm-hmm. in how you engage the Holy Spirit and you begin to have dialogue with him. And so if you don't learn anything else from it, it's going to teach you how you begin to dialogue with the Spirit. Yeah. Because in that place, what ends up happening is, I repent. Repent is to turn around. What I say is, I'm turning my back mm-hmm. on what I've decided. And Holy Spirit, yeah. I'm opening myself up to you. And I'm inviting you. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you license. I'm partnering with you so that you can take the things of you and you can seed my life with them. Wow, that's so good. Rooster, can you take the roof off Sozo? I mean, PG brought it up, but like, what is a Sozo? Like, what does that look like? Um, I think we did this last yeah. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember, I remember, yeah. Um, Remind me. Go watch it last week. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't think, I mean, uh, a Sozo, I, the, only, the first time I read it was in the Bible where it talked about uh, we've been saved yeah. mm-hmm. by grace through faith. Mm. And the word saved means to be um, 
healed, made whole, mm, safe mm. and sound is another one. So good. So there's healed a lot of limited, set free. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, now is that in the brain? Out. I gotta ask. That's scripture. Yeah. See, this is where it's like this is a game changer now. Like that's scripture. The, that's let me just say something brain. about that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. The, the reason that I speak about sozo is because sozo is basically it's not a counseling session. Okay. But what it is 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 an opportunity where somebody can take you and guide you into having a dialogue with the Holy Spirit. And so what ends up happening is you invite the Holy Spirit into a situation in your life and you allow him to have influence and give direction and bring healing and wholeness mm. to that space. Mm -hmm. That's why it becomes important. Gosh. Got it. Got it. Okay, cool. I like that. I, I have a question. Uh, Nate and I, we were talking yesterday. So the spirit is I, I'm being influenced by God. Where does the enemy play? Where, where, what is his influence? Does he attack my brain? Oh, yeah. Like where, so if I'm in my mm -hmm. meditating... And like, I think I'm, I'm enjoying God. And then like, all of a sudden, like dirty thoughts come and all this, whatever, like wh wh where does the enemy play? In? Well, we have a responsibility in that. Okay. And our responsibility is, I'm mean, like, God say, he says, be not conformed, but be transformed. Okay. You have the potential to still sit and say, fine, I'm going to continue to be informed and allow my world and my situations and my environment to give definition to me and, and where I am right now. Okay. And that includes the enemy. Hmm. Alternatively, I can sit and say, fine, I'm not going that way, but I have to be intentional about it and say, that's not the route that I'm going. I understand that my life is in him. Gotcha. My life is not out there. Um, and sometimes it's, switch, it, it's a switch and it takes time because we're so accustomed to doing things. I spoke about this a little while ago, yeah. how the brain operates. It, it learns so quickly about things and, and that our brain is designed to create habits. Right. Express ways of doing things so that you don't have to think about everything all the time. Thank God. And so what ends up happening is it's a good thing because it means that we go through life without having to consider every time we do something. Mm. It just, we've learned so quickly, you don't have to consider if I'm going to move my hand, take this, move it backwards, lift my <laughs> elbow. I don't think about it. It knows how to do it automatically. The problem with it is... If I'm living a certain way that's outside of God's design, my brain has learned that's how I do it effectively. Mm. And so what ends up happening is it becomes what we call a bad habit. Mm -hmm. right. And so the way we change a bad habit is we're intentional about it and we sit and say, I'm going to retrain the brain, mm. which is not the same as renewing the mind. Wow, so Jeez. good. That's, that's good, there. PG. That's, that's awesome. That's huge what you just said there because a lot of us do that. Yeah. Mm. Retrain the brain, brain instead no. of renewing the mind. The yeah. Instead of going well, we, what we do is we think if we, if we change our thoughts that I'll be a new person. Right. And that's, it's the antithesis yeah. to everything that Jesus says. Uh -huh. Jesus says, I am life. You have to come to me. Mm -hmm. If you want life in any context, mm -hmm. if you want to experience joy, only he can get, add life to joy. If you want to experience peace, only he can give you peace. If you need faith to overcome a mountain in your life, mm -hmm. only he can add life to the, He's the only one who can birth the life of that idea on the inside of who we are. That's really good. Otherwise, what we have is we have an idea and a concept, and we try to live by that. But there's no power in that because yeah. it doesn't come from him. Wow. That's, that reminds me of this book I was reading a long time ago uh, called Atomic Habits. And I remember coming and talking to you about it. But in there, like the guy is a psychologist, dude, and he talks about people who want to quit smoking mm. as much as they keep telling themselves, I don't want to smoke. I don't want to smoke. They smoke. But the minute they change the process to I'm not a smoker, all of a sudden their willpower increases and it's, they don't smoke. And, and so I was like, as I was uh, hearing this audio book, I was like, oh, I'm a runner. 
I'm a runner, mm. you know? But then I couldn't make it up the hill, even though I kept telling myself, I'm a runner. Mm. But when I stopped and I was like, God, what you, am I a runner, God? <laughs> like, yeah. am I? And he was like, you're not an, a runner, you're an athlete. Mm. All of a sudden, like, I had this win to keep going. So yeah. right there, I engaged with the mind, right? Not with my brain. Mm. And then my body kind of took over that new identity that God had given me, right? Yeah. So was that power? I think the thing about it is this. We, we, we very funny as people, I find. Most people don't want to get in the middle of the road. We want to fall in a ditch on one yes. side or the other. Yes, that's me. We're either 100% brain yes. or we want to be 100% mind. Yes. And the thing is, God's called us to live in two realms. So mm. you have to have both. Wow. Your brain is important. You know, you got to know some stuff to yeah. operate effectively in the world. Yeah. Right. And so there's nothing wrong with your brain. Just as long as it's not sitting on the throne of your life. Oh, take the roof off throne. What do you mean? Yeah. As long as it isn't giving definition to you and mm. how you should live. Mm. Mm. That, that's the role that Christ mm. brings to me. Mm. And so that's why my mind is to move to a place where I let Christ. The kingdom is all about the reign and rule of Christ. Wow. Mm. When I let the reign and rule of Christ come into that space, it defines my mind, which gives definition and instruction to my brain. Mm. And that because my brain is the government of my body, it tells everything else what to do. That's amazing. So that's how God's government is to work. That's incredible. So you're not saying our brain is a bad thing at all. It's actually no. an incredible tool that God gave us. It's an excellent tool. Wow. But it's, yeah. to, it's to stay as a tool. Yeah. It's not, it's it's not, not to not govern my life. That's yeah. so good. I think, yeah. I mean, even hearing you, and you kind of do this a lot. <laughs> I love that. It, makes, it clicks in my head. Me, especially, I'll say it. I've lived like this in my relationship with God. Wait, what is it? What was where it? Where I thought in the fall, what you're saying, I thought my brain was alienated. It wasn't my brain. It was my mind. Hmm. So a lot of time I'm thinking, i got to fix my brain. So my brain is this big thing. Really, it's the spirit. Right. You know, it's my spirit. So Right. So good. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I'm being like waves are coming on me and that makes me so happy i'm wrong <laughs> <laughs> um maybe you have questions about the enemy i know we talked oh no I, I did i did have a question about so you're talking about a lot of times people try and miss either miss it in spiritualizing things yeah. or or like in the brain is there any advice you give to someone who naturally just like over spiritualizes yeah. things or any or, or the other person who's like very left brain kind of like Everything okay you know, I know this scripture says this and this scripture says this and they can yeah. all the hermeneutics and, you know, like for either ditch, is there any in invitation you'd invite someone out of the ditch with, whether it's over spiritualizing or over brain, over understanding, over information? Yeah. Um, Start with left brain. Funnily enough, I think <laughs> people who, who are, um, like you would like to say, uh, too aware of the mind, I don't think that's as big a problem, hmm. funnily enough. Hmm. I think, really? Uh, no, I think people generally in that category, you, it's just important to maintain that balance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because the thing about it is you still have a marriage. You still have to raise kids. Mm -hmm. You still have to function effectively in the world. So those are natural things, so you need to have that. Usually what I find, the challenge is on the other side, people are stuck in their brain. Mm. But the problem with it is they don't know how to get into the mind. Yes. Mm. Yes. We, we live in a culture, particularly in America, where we esteem and we value intellectualism more wow. than anything else. Yes, wow. And so it's really important to get a good education and mm. as many years of college and as high a degree as you can, mm. because it's all about knowledge and information. And although that's valuable in the world context, 
The problem with it is if all we do is cultivate that, we end up as natural people. Mm. And so our whole world is defined by dust. And we find it really hard to get out of dust into spirit Mm. because information is something that makes me feel empowered because it's something I can manage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can control it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The thing about it is when you talk about things of the spirit, it's relational. So now that leaves me in an uncomfortable place. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are very uncomfortable moving into relationship because in that arena, what you know is relatively inconsequential. Yeah. Because things in a spiritual context are born, they're revealed. Mm. The spirit takes them and he births them on the inside of us. Mm. So our imp- the, the importance and the significance of being able to separate ourselves and get to a place where we begin to value, esteem, discover and experiment in the spiritual realm is very valuable to us. Yeah. So good. Let me just say one thing about experimentation. Part of the the reason that God gave us the Logos is because it gives us some tight parameters. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes people have a tendency to get into weird spiritual stuff, and nobody's talking about that. The reason that we have the Logos is because it gives us a sense of security and safety, knowing that these are the parameters. Mm -hmm. So the minute you start doing stuff that's outside of the Word of God, It's a huge red flag to you. Yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. That is so good. He's such a good dad. I love that. I, I, I had a question. What was it? Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. The question too was, uh, how do I know when I finally conform to the image of Christ? Because you say that a lot. So it's like, how do I know when I made it? You, you will never make it. I'm never going to make it? It's a life journey. Because <laughs> oh, okay. the thing is, by the time you get to the end, you'd be Jesus. That's <laughs> oh, the whole point. Okay, the point is you. to be conformed yeah. to his image. Wow. So what it's saying is, mm. as you go through life, just relax and live. Yeah. Live comfortably in so relationship good. with the Holy Spirit. Mm. That's so good. And the funny thing about it is as you go through things and you enjoy different relationships and you engage in different experiences and situations, anytime something's out of kilter where he wants to introduce or invite you into something new, he'll let you know. Wow. When you're intimate enough with him, you'll feel a sensing on the inside. Mm-hmm. Nate, why are you doing that? <laughs> come, come here a second. Let me just show you something. Yeah. Here's an opportunity for you. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Wow. And in that... Right. Yeah. And so what he's doing all the time is he's sitting saying, okay, you, you're living from your baggage now. Let's, mm. let's throw that piece of baggage Shoot. out and let me give you something new to live from. Wow. And when you say baggage, it's whatever my brain had taken in from the world that's informing yeah. me. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you have time. I think we have to, I think we have to wrap up, flip the tape or something. But you said living from your baggage. And I was reminded of the conversation we had yesterday where you really broke down what happened in the fall. Because yeah. I think that we... For my whole Christian walk, I thought to myself, I'm trying to get back to where Adam and Adam and Eve yeah. were. But really, we are there now. But like, what happened when we when when Adam and Eve ate the apple? Yeah, did question. did God like what was it in the mind? Was it in the brain? Was it, how did it affect their walk? What happened there in Genesis? Yeah, can you break that down? Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> do you need a break? Everything had to do. Everything had to do with the mind because it, okay. it was all spirit in nature. Mm-hmm. So what ended up happening is when God created Adam, he breathed into him and God's very nature, God was inside of Adam. Mm. Adam lived very much like we were. Mm. Well, like we do as born again believers. The thing about it is Adam never had a polluted history like we do. Yes, that's So he never had anything that was toxic that was a part of his being. From the moment that God breathed life into him, God was there. And as he went through life, God began to unfold and reveal to him 
okay, this is who I am. This mm-hmm. is what I'm... And every time God revealed an aspect of who he was, he was introducing Adam mm. to a part of who he wanted him to be mm-hmm. and inviting for, to him inviting him to allow that to give definition to who he was. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's what he was moving into. Yeah. That's awesome. The temptation when Satan came was to sit and say, you're relying on God as a source right. mm. to birth life in you mm. that is defining who you are. Mm. Would you like to be the source? In other words, do you want to be God? Okay. That wow. was the temptation. Gotcha. Outside of that, there was nothing else so because there's nothing else to matter. tempt him with. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the temptation was when he spoke to Eve, he was like, would you like to be the source of life? And what ended up happening was, was like, yes, we want that. Yeah. And so they took it and they ate. Right. And when they ate, what ended up happening was the life of God, which defined their spirit, left. Mm. And at that point, it says Adam's eyes were opened right. and they realized they were naked. What was, it was not a natural thing. It was a spiritual thing. Mm. What happened was the source that used to give definition to who we wow. were is gone. And they suddenly had a look around and they're like, who are we? We don't know who we are. We're naked. And then they started having a look and then they moved from being influenced and gaining definition from the spirit of God inside of them to their brain. Wow. Because they never had God there anymore. So and time. so that started to influence who they were. Wow. Now we had the opposite. So yes. they regressed. Got they it. had God and then they lost God and then they went the way where they allowed the brain to define them. Wow. We are born outside of context with God. So all we have is brain to define us. But when we get born again and the life of God comes on the inside of us, the intention is now let's take you back to your original design. Wow. Let's take you back God. to your original identity. We have identity. to unlearn all the stuff, all our history, all our baggage of, oh, when I was little, I failed in this sport. And so I was scared to fail. Yeah. I have right. to unlearn that right. yeah. because of what Adam did. Right. So, so basically, your, your life becomes like a dumpster and the Holy okay. Spirit gets into the dumpster and he just starts throwing all <laughs> the bags of trash out. <laughs> and he's throwing out the bags of trash, cleaning out the dumpster yeah. so that you can have something new and fresh yeah. in there. Where, where, where is sin? Is sin in the brain? Is that in the mind? In the mind. It's in the mind? In the spirit? In the mind. In the mind. Okay. See, that's, that's big right Wow. There. So, so, okay. So, you know, 28 years ago on September 18th, I was born, right? So when I was born at that time, does the spirit realm still apply to me? Even though I don't have Christ living inside of me, does the spirit realm still affect Absolutely. me? Absolutely. Yeah. Because life is in the spirit. <laughs> if you don't have spirit, you don't have life. Right. There are people who are not born again and they don't have they don't have the life of God on the inside of them. But when spirit leaves body, right. the body and the brain die. So I'm still mm-hmm. a spirit. So like um, I, I think I'm, I'm catching on. Mm-hmm. So when when in, in the fall when God's spirit left. Adam was still, he still had his spirit. Yes. Okay, got you. I think so. I get confused sometimes. Man, yeah. so he, remember, spirit, man, man is yes. still two entities. Okay. Man spirit is spirit is and he's dust. Yeah. Okay, the thing about it is spirit yeah. doesn't necessarily have to be from God. That's why when you get born again, your spirit gets recreated in the nature of God. Wow. But your dust doesn't change. Your dust doesn't change. Pew, pew, pew. Well, your, pew, pew. your, your, your memories, your habits, all stuff. Right, doesn't change. But the, the life that's on the inside of you can influence dust. Wow. Gotcha. Mm. And that's why it's dangerous. Why if we keep living from the brain, nothing. But if we live from the spirit, that's where true right. change is happening. Right. So if we're not seeing change, we're not the seeing... The powerhouse to your life oh, and wow. the power source to your life is in your, in your mind. Okay. It's in not spirit. in your brain. 
Thank you. Your brain will give you form and will frustrate you because you'll try really hard yes. to be a good Christian, mm. but you've got no life, you've got no energy, um, you, you don't have the fullness of what Christ can offer. My gosh. I, Okay. Yeah. Flip the tape. Flip the tape. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, we're back. Uh, Nate, you want to ask your question? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, so with that, we're having God throw this garbage out. I was asking you during the break, <laughs> why are you not perfect yet? Then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like if if we st- like if you know the difference in the mind, the brain, you have the fullness of God inside of you. How is it that you aren't perfect yet? Mm. You know, why hold on to baggage? I don't think people choose to hang on. To, well, some people do choose hang on to to hang mm-hmm. on to baggage mm-hmm. because sometimes they're comfortable mm. in that arena. They need it, and they're comfortable with that identity because they've lived with it for so long mm-hmm. that sometimes it's a little bit formidable to sit and say, "If I step out of this, what is it going to look like?" Yeah. and sometimes people all. hold on to stuff. Yeah. Um, the reason that people are not instantly made in the image of Christ is because when you get born again. The spirit of Christ comes and makes your brand new creation. Your spirit gets made new. Mm -hmm. But in that context, the thing about it is God has given you a free will. So you can choose what you want to do from that point onwards. So as you journey through life and you go into situations and circumstances, you have a choice. Do I want to live by my environment, Mm -hmm. my world, my history, or an invitation by the Holy Spirit to sit and say, here's an alternative. Yeah. And people don't always partner with God. No. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so it's like he's in there throwing garbage out, but he's not just doing it. Well, he only he's throws, asking, he's asking, do you want to keep this? Right. And we're like, no, please don't touch that. Yeah. Or, so the exactly. degree in which we've been perfected is yeah. really dependent on our will. It's kind of we're a spring cleaning that lasts yeah. your whole life. Yeah. Yeah. What he's doing. <laughs> he's doing a spring cleaning and it's oh, like, Lord. do you want this? Yeah. Uh, yes, I do. Okay. Yeah. So the I'll put it back. It's kind of like. Man, I don't think even free will is kind of the engagement of the spirit. Or like you said, I can stay mm, comfortable good. and just, mm-hmm. I got it. Good I job. got the knowledge. That's good. Yeah. But there's no, I haven't even, I haven't done anything with my free will. Mm-hmm. Where what you're saying is the free will and the spirit is like, okay, what does this look like for us? Mm. There's the journey. There's the, I'm saying yes to what you want to say. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us never get there. Like said, we're comfortable with the. We don't go to those places because, like, I know it. Mm. Yeah, I got it. True, yeah, I got it. The yeah, knowledge. Yeah. I, I know the scripture. Yeah. I can tell you where it is in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I can mm-hmm. see even Revelation and Moses. But there's still no. My free will hasn't yet engaged in intimacy with him. Which is what he's the, the thing about it is our free will doesn't come from our brain. Right, our, free, our free will comes from a relationship with him. In that context, what ends up happening is he's going to meet us at certain places usually in situations or trials or challenges or in responses that we have to life. And in that place, he always extends an invitation. And he's like, do you want to live with that? Mm -hmm. Or would you like for me to introduce this to you? Mm. And then we have a choice to make. But that's where, you know... um, our relationship with him becomes so important. It becomes fundamental to everything yeah. because it opens the door to possibilities and opportunities that we don't have outside of that. Okay. Unless we cultivate that, what ends up happening is we live by habit. Hmm. Lots of Christians live by yeah. habit because yeah. they, they haven't spent the time to cultivate that relationship. Grace is free. Everything that we need to become Everything that God intends for us to be is made available because of what Jesus did. That's the fullness of grace. The fullness of grace is there and it's ready. The thing about it is how much do you want it? Mm -hmm. 
How much do you want it? And that's where the cost comes. It's not in me having to do what grace can do, but it's in me sitting saying, it's important enough for me that I'm going to spend the time, the energy, put aside whatever's necessary so that I can cultivate that relationship because I recognize that the essence of my life is my heart. And in that context, what's most important is for me to partner and have relationship with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And that takes time. Yeah, yeah. That's good, PG. Man, yeah, because I did have to quite, you know, during the break, it was, uh, does it mean that I fail when I don't partner with God? But, but right now, I, I, I keep going back to the whiteboard thing, that you, the example you gave, because it actually touched a vulnerable spot in my heart. Like, I remember I was in fourth grade and, and I, I could not understand algebra. And I'm like, first of all, why are they giving me algebra in fourth grade, you know? And, and I remember sitting at this brand new desk that my, my dad bought me. He was like, you're going to sit here and you're going to be an A student. And I remember sitting there and I have my homework and I didn't understand it. Mm. And I was like, man, he just spent all this money on this desk. Like, I am an idiot. And I remember, I, like, there was a knife in there. I don't know why I had a knife in there, but it didn't matter. I had a knife and, and uh, I didn't hurt myself, but I would carve in that desk that I'm such an idiot. I wish I wasn't. And nothing would change as I would, I was, I was, as I would carve that. But even right now, sitting here, I was in my mind, <laughs> mm. as I'm speaking to you guys, I was able to take Holy Spirit back there and be like, hey, like, what did you actually, what did you think of that? Mm. You know, like, I'm hearing this, I'm hearing this transformation, and I'm like, okay, what were your words for me? And all I hear is he, he, he showed me a picture of being here now. Mm with the brain that I have now, you know, being able to read books, being able to do algebra, that's the way he always viewed me. Mm. And that was there. I just wasn't aware that that was available to me. Mm. And so it's not a a matter of failing. It's a matter of just missing out. Right. Yeah. Mm. The thing as well is that we have strange ideas about things Mm -hmm. and it's, it's always a problem when you live from the brain because the brain is, is given influence from the natural. So the thing about it is when we get into a school system, we are taught that you need to be very beyond functional. Basically, people that are acclaimed are people who are successful in all of these different subjects. Right. But the fact of the matter is we're all different. Yeah. I don't need some stuff. I don't. I mean, it's good that I have a basic knowledge of it, mm-hmm. but I had no intention of being an accountant or an economist. And so I was like you. Masters was not a big part of my economy. Really? I would have never guessed that. The thing about it is, it, it's that just, it's because it's not who I was created to be. Mm. And so the thing about it is, God created us with a purpose and he's given us giftings and ability and we flourish in what we're supposed to be. So if you're created to be Leonardo da Vinci or, or you know, a great artist, then your artistic skills and abilities are far more important to you than whether you can do algebra. Right. Yeah. It's just not that important in, in that scheme of things because it's not part of your journey in life. Mm. The problem with it is we have a look at everybody and think everybody has to be prolific at all of these mm-hmm. things and they have to be accomplished at all of them. And if you're not, then we left with an idea that, okay, I'm not smart. Mm-hmm. Rather than being that, you know what, you got to do that, get a basic knowledge. But I can see what you really, I can read all of my kids. And my kids are very different, very different. But I can read all of them. And if I have a look at it, it translates into where they are um, if effective in school. Mm. Yeah. Wow. 
No, that's incredible. I mean, I even thought about Leonardo da Vinci and like how he he made all these crazy inventions and got yeah. good at math, but it was because he had found out who he was destined to be first. Right. And from that place, he was like, oh, this is how that applies to me now. Mm. Because yeah. Anyways, I, I think that's incredible. Yeah. Okay, I love you. Thank you so much, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I want to wrap it up. We're just going back to the one of the scriptures that we hear a lot, and it's the whole. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, which now with what we've talked about, the pattern of this world is living from the brain, which is living from the outside influence, the natural. Am I saying this right? Mm-hmm. Where, so don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. So don't let my brain be my God. Instead, be, be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind, mm-hmm. which is not my brain. Thank mm-hmm. you for that, by the way. Be free. Break that down for a believer. Someone that's now born again, what does that mean now? What What is the journey of renewing the mind? Because mm-hmm. for me, I thought I'm renewing my brain. So this this is huge. So what what is going on there? What is that journey? I think the thing is this, in a nutshell. The reason that conformity isn't good is because it's not... The, what it has to do is do with is the source of your identity, which is the world. Mm. So the thing about it is Satan has become the god of the world system. And so because Satan is that, Satan's nature is to steal, kill, and destroy. And so what happens is his nature has defined a world system. And so when we allow that which is defined by stealing, killing, and destroying to give definition to who we are, Mm -hmm. that nature comes inside of us and begins to introduce us to an identity that's all about insecure, worried, anxious, fearful, nervous, incapable, Mm -hmm. self-absorbed, jealous, all the negative things that come from that. And it introduces us to an identity that really steals our life from us because nothing good comes from that. And so what he says, don't be conformed to the world. The way you conform to the world is when you allow the things of the world to influence your brain, which ultimately goes to defining your mind. But when you change that and sit and say, that's not going to be the source of my life. The source of my life is going to be my relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to allow the substance of Christ to come in and redefine who I am. It puts me in a different place because all of a sudden the substance of my life is the fullness of Christ and all that he has to offer. And so I'm being redefined from a different substance. I'm stepping into something new. Wow. Okay. I also asked this question yesterday, uh, but just for a viewer, is this something that a mature believer, I have to be a very mature believer. I have to be born again for a certain amount of years to understand this. Or is this something that if this is a viewer watching, not even born again, they can get tomorrow, like instantly. It's easier for an, a younger Christian than an older one. <clears throat> it's available to everyone. The only reason I say that is it's not that it's impossible for an older one. The thing with it is, is that <clears throat> it's like anything in life. It becomes a learned way of doing things. Mm. And for many people who've been a Christian for a long time, there are a lot of people who have a heart and a love for God, but we've been so, we've been so immersed in a system that has taught us to be religious and live from our brain and our understanding and our own abilities to manage ourselves and how we do things, that we really have to break free of those shackles mm. so that we can learn a new way of doing stuff. It's mm. good. Which is, let me get outside of who I am and let me get into who he is. That's so good. So, so if like a, a new viewer is watching this, they literally were like, I love this podcast so much, I'm giving my life to Jesus. What's mm. like their first step? What would you recommend? 
I know everybody's walk is different. Yeah. Well, the first thing is just get born again. Okay. And then what you do is you begin to get into the word of God. Okay. Like you touched on something earlier and you, you touched on, um, like, oh, Jackie did. She spoke about meditation. Yeah. You know, it, says, it, it, the, it speaks about set your mind, set your mind, set your identity, who you are on things above, right not there. on things on the earth. Things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, not on things I'm of so the earth. Right it becomes important <laughs> for us because now we understand what he's saying. He's not yeah. saying, yeah. let your brain think about that stuff. He's saying who you that. are yeah. needs to be consumed with wow. and focused on and needs to be totally um, overwhelmed with things of who he is. Yes. Because ultimately that's going to start to give definition oh to who I am. What I'm doing is I'm creating a fertile space. You know, the, the parable of the sower sows the word. Yes. It, it, what he's looking for is he's looking for fertile soil. He's looking for a space in your heart where wow. as he comes in and begins to seed, man, it just sprouts up because it's so fertile. And that's how we do it. Set your mind on things above, that is, not on things wow. on the earth. So meditation is... It's not of the brain. Yeah, and it's being in this place where you're completely... Meditation is like, it's, it's like nurturing and, and fertilizing and getting the soil of your heart ready for life to be imparted. Wow, it's to be overwhelmed by God. That's, mm. that's incredible. Okay. It's an, in, it's an invitation to seeding. This is beautiful. I Thank I you, PG. I Me too. Go. Yeah. I can I go? Can, can I be? Can I be excused to go meditate? <laughs> I need to go meditate. Um, uh, you kind of answered it, but I, I just kind of want to wrap up, especially to your teachings. So the last two teachings are on YouTube. Um, I encourage you to go watch it. The first one, um, I don't have the date, but we'll put it in the link, which is called "The Mind Is Not the Brain," and the teaching after that is called "Who I Am Is How I Live," and then the third teaching after that, I believe, is the enemy within when you mm -hmm. talk about the brain. So you've kind of answered, but I, I just want to wrap this up. Why are you teaching this? You have obviously studied this. You've been on journeys. You're taking time to now. It's been, I think three months you've stood on this. Why are you teaching this? What, what, what is the... Because Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. And the purpose and the focus and the goal of the Christian life is not information, but to walk into the fullness of what Christ has provided. Wow. So good. And unless we're able to understand how he's wanting to work with us, we don't know how to partner with him. So what ends up happening is we get excited about the menu and what God has to offer, but we never get to taste the meal. Wow. Wow. Uh, cool. Oh, wow. Thanks, PG. <laughs> uh, directors, and I think, producers. I think a lot of. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so. I'm, I'm renewed. Like, like, I think a lot of people out there. We we we're countering the menu, mm. but we haven't even got to the meal, mm. which is the mind. Mm. Wow, that's so good. I got born again. Thank um, you, viewers. Um, I encourage you like, subscribe. But I'll say it again. Uh, these teachings are on YouTube. I encourage you to go and we'll put the link at the bottom. Um, the first one is the mind is not the brain. And the second one is who I am is how I live. I encourage you, please watch it. Um, if you have questions, please type them in. If we need to go deeper into, if you have questions, I know what, we still have so many, please put them in the comments. We'd love to know. I know we know this is, this is a, a heavy, big topic, but like Pastor Gavin said, this is, this is huge. Um, this is huge. And this is, I know for me, I can admit this. I've, I've been taught wrong and I've been doing it wrong. I think I'm in the mind, but I've been in the brain. So thank you so much. Um, any last words from... Rooster, choo-choo. Uh, one thing I would say is it took me so long to get it because I assumed I already got it. Yes. That's yeah. one thing I would say is That's like good, if, you, if, you're, if you're having trouble digesting some of this and your initial thing is, 
then I'm with you. All right. Yeah, but it's only to your detriment. Not not there's not we're not looking at a man or looking at one of us like, oh, we have all the answers. You just heard like the heart of this is we want life and life more abundantly. I yeah. think if you're experiencing things in your life where it's like this, this, I see it in my book that I should have this, but I'm not actually experiencing yeah. healing, peace, but joy, maybe. whatever. It's like it's. Okay, maybe you have been yeah. believing something maybe that you know. Maybe, yeah, that's maybe, okay. yeah, yeah, maybe we're going over. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's not working. It wasn't until I really like humbled myself and was like, okay, maybe there's something yeah. I'm missing that I was actually invited by God to th- rethink some of these things. Yeah. So the that's the one thing I would say is so good. That's good. <clears throat> I think for me the the biggest one of the biggest things PG. I mean, he said so much, but like the biggest one was for me was like why why this Jesus Christ. You know, why this guy that died? And it was because he's the only one that can do things that I can't do. Mm-hmm. He's the key. He's the source mm. between me and God being able to even have a conversation. Yeah. So that really changed my life. It, it just took this pressure off of me and yeah. this striving off of me. And yeah. how many books can I read? How many? How much Bible can I read? It's just, have I gone to Jesus? Yeah. Have I gone to Christ? Mm. So I just want to say thank you for that. Yeah. No, that's that's awesome. so good. I mean, that's why the, the, the focus of the Christian life is life. It's not information. Yeah. Because I can't generate life, but I can go to the source who can. Source. And so as long as I build relationship, I position myself in a place where I can begin to experience something that I can never generate on myself by yeah. myself. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much. And I know for me, I think you've I think I've made my brain my idol. Where now God is the source, it's the spirit. Where I think thank you for freeing that. I think that's the biggest thing for me is I've made my brain so heavy, like this thing I've got to work on, and this is, <laughs> you know, which is, like you said, the enemy was, that became the God. So good. Mm-hmm. We were meant for God as the source, which is the spirit, and so I don't have to, I can just go to the spirit. Thank you so much. Uh, viewers, please, uh, if you have any questions, like I said, put them in them. Um, Jack Jack, thank you so much. We love you guys. Love you. Podcast. we see you next time. Love you.